Hello, hello to all my readers and listeners. This is Karen Hunt, aka K.H. Majek, and I do have a new essay for you today on, let's see, this Thursday afternoon. Before I start to receive break-free posts and support my work, consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. Everyone is welcome as I do not put up a paywall. Thank you for helping me to make this possible. Also, one-time or recurring donations can also be made at Coffee. This is called Climate Change is Turning Our Planet into Hell on Earth. Get ready to be tracked for climate crisis-related illnesses. On Wednesday, the Biden-Harris administration launched a national dashboard to track heat-related illness. The Health and Human Services Department will oversee a national dashboard called the EMS Heat Tracker that will include maps of emergency services across the country responding to calls about heat-related illness, NBC reported. The EMS Heat Tracker will also collect multiple data points about who extreme heat is affecting, including the patient's age, race, gender, and urbanicity. Heat is no longer a silent killer, said Health and Human Services Secretary. From coast to coast, communities are battling to keep people cool, safe, and alive due to the growing impacts of the climate crisis. Biden is under increasing pressure from supporters to tackle the climate emergency as he campaigns for re-election. I've already done that, Biden said, when asked whether he intends to declare a climate emergency. We're moving. It is the existential existential threat to humanity. Well, as usual, Biden was confused since he hasn't done anything of the sort yet. But just like with COVID, we're heading in that direction fast. Representative Ruben Gallego, Democrat for Arizona, has introduced H.R. 3965, the Extreme Heat Emergency Act of 2023. This act will grant the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, authority to provide crucial resources and support to local governments in times of crisis. This, in turn, will enhance their capacity to safeguard residents more effectively during heat waves and promote a safer and more resilient environment. If this, if this all sounds too familiar... It is. We've been through this scenario with 9-11. We've been through it with COVID. The minute the government starts talking about a state of emergency is the minute we can expect to start losing more of our freedoms. The amount of tracking and surveillance we are under is becoming absurd. One wonders how much worse it can get. A lot worse. As the disasters multiply, the closer we get to the 2024 presidential election, the harder the governmental boot will push down upon our heads. Climate change is turning our planet into hell on Earth. Apparently, July 4th was the hottest day on Earth in as many as 125,000 years, breaking a record that was set the day before. Wow. We are being told that extreme heat is far deadlier than any other natural disasters, killing on average more than twice as many people each year as hurricanes and tornadoes combined, according to data tracked by the National Weather Service. How many people are we talking about? A whopping 600 people are killed by extreme heat each year. That's the terrible emergency we are facing, the worst existential threat to humanity. As with COVID, 
How many of those people who died are unhealthy already and or on medications that exacerbated heat-related medical issues? Medications pushed on the American people like those for heart disease, blood pressure, high blood pressure, depression, ADHD, and other conditions are making people at higher risk for heat exhaustion and heat stroke. How ironic. Some medications like Benadryl can reduce your body's ability to sweat and cool down. Others like antidepressants such as Prozac and ADHD stimulants like Adderall and Ritalin can create excessive sweating which can lead to dehydration. Drugs like level thyroxine, which is used to treat an underactive thyroid can raise your body temperature. They have solutions for everything and it isn't about getting healthier. So people don't worry that they'll actually have to take responsibility for their own health by changing unhealthy habits into healthy ones. Where's the money in that? The solution lies in more of our tax dollars being handed out to companies that in turn kick back money to politicians to be spent on research and development to track humans, dim the sun, grow synthetic food in giant vats instead of on farms, and manufacture wearable devices to monitor our body temperatures and other biometric data. The NIH NIH is researching tracking devices as reported in the National Library of Medicine, wearable sensor technology to predict core body temperature. And I quote from that article, non-invasive predictions of core body temperature or CBT using wearable technology and predictive algorithms offer the, the potential for continuous CBT monitoring and early intervention to prevent HRI in athletic, military, and intense work environments. This is systematic review identified 20 studies representing a total of 25 distinct algorithms to predict the core body temperature using wearable technology. Robust machine learning methods offer the ability to develop more accurate, reliable, and personalized CBT prediction algorithms using wearable devices by including additional data on user characteristics, workout intensity, and the surrounding environment. End of quote. A new term we can all start obsessing about is core body temperature, or CBT. Just as we saw how the military and first responders were used as guinea pigs during COVID, forced to take the mRNA vaccine, the NIH has developed this chart to show who will no doubt first be required to wear these devices. And in my essay there, you can see this chart where where it shows populations for monitoring core body temperature, and it shows athletes, first responders, oil rig workers, military, construction workers, neonates. We have all been conditioned for many years now to allow our bodies to become the product where elites can siphon off our biometric data for their own use. Look up biometric data on Amazon. People spend billions of dollars on cool biometric devices, mostly scanning fingerprints to do things like open doors and unlock phones. The global bio- biometric technology market size was valued at 39 th- I'm sorry 34.27 billion dollars in 2022 and is expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 20.4% from 2023 to 2030. The major factors influencing market growth are the expanding applications of biometric technology in various industries and the rising demand for authentication authentic authentication, identification, and security and surveillance solutions. 
Nothing primed people better to accept this kind of invasion of their bodies than COVID. We, we may think COVID is over. We may think that we, are, we have all moved on from this. We may, we may think that we have all moved on from its restrictions. The vaccines are all but dead in the water now, but all we have done has been to move deeper into the trap of accepting tracking and surveillance for our health, safety, and convenience. Back in 2020, the media was busily implanting these thoughts in our heads. The World Economic Forum reported that there are, to be to a certain degree, parallels that can be drawn between the current COVID-19 pandemic and some of the other contemporary crises our world is facing. All require a global-to-local response and long-term thinking. In this sense, the 2020 coronavirus pandemic may lead to a deeper understanding of the ties that bind us all on a global scale and could help us get to grips with the largest public health threat of the century, the climate crisis. According to the NIH, as far back as 2015, climate change and health indicators, CCHIs, workable tools designed to capture the complex set of interdependent interactions through which climate change is affecting human health, were being used to contribute to a worldwide monitoring system that aims to track, communicate, and harness evidence on climate-induced health impacts towards effective intervention strategies. An ongoing challenge is how to improve CCIEVIs so that the description of the linkages between climate change and human health can become more and more comprehensive. The NIH article, Climate Change, Human Health, and Health Informatics, A New View of Connected and Sustainable Digital Health, introduces us to health informatics, which is, and and this is a definition of health informatics. Health informatics is the scientific knowledge and professional practice of technological approaches to working with health data, information, and knowledge, and it underpins digital health, e-health, m-health, telehealth, and a variety of other terms for information technology applications in health. The article includes a review of four climate health monitoring devices for individuals to monitor their personal air pollution exposure continuously. And I quote from the article, further advances managing in human health in the era of climate change will require information systems that capture, process, and communicate combined data on human, animal, and plant health. The One Digital Health Framework is an example of how health informatics can begin to work systematically with digital technology potentials in relation to human health, animal health, and broader ecosystem, ecosystem health. Well, what is One Digital Health? It is One Digital Health, One Health, O-O-H, through digitalization is a means to deploy digital technologies, including artificial intelligence, big data, and related digital technologies to better capacitate us to deal with growing climate exigencies and related threats to human, animal, and plant health. The problem, however, is that the data landscape is fragmented and access to certain types of data is increasingly restrictive as individuals, communities, and countries seek to assert greater control over data taken from them. Imagine that, individuals wanting control over what data is taken from them. 
A little late to the game, though. The powers that be have no intention of giving that control back to us. Their only goal is to take more. Therefore, the need for a global one digital health ODH framework, and along with it, justification for more restrictions on ordinary citizens. A Frontiers paper relates that the code red warning of the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is an unequivocal message that unless drastic changes are made to a range of human activities, escalating global temperature will exert a heavy toll on biodiversity, human and animal health, and geopolitics in quite conceivably detrimental ways. We have all been well informed by now as to what those human activities are. Things like travel or eating meat or heating our homes or anything that increases our carbon footprint. We can anticipate a near future when ordinary citizens will be held responsible for their personal carbon footprint enforced by either law or social convention, while elitist climate evangelists such as Jeff Bezos or climate czar John Kerry will receive special dispensations for their carbon use. All of this ties in with the World Health Organization's Pandemic Prevention, Preparedness, and Response Accord. On June 23rd, member states of the World Health Organization agreed to a global process to draft and negotiate a convention, agreement, or other international instrument under the Constitution of the World Health Organization to strengthen pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. I wrote about this in The Who's Gates of Hell. We shouldn't be surprised by this since the New World Order has been marching unimpeded in this direction for years. A June 2022 World Economic Forum article gushed that tracking how our bodies work could change our lives. And I quote from that article, In the special wards of Shanghai's Public Health Clinical Center, nurses use smart thermometers to check the temperatures of COVID-19 patients. Each person's temperature is recorded with a sensor, reducing the risk of infection through contact. And the data is sent to an observation dashboard. An abnormal result triggers an alert to medical staff, who can then intervene promptly. The gathered data also allows medics to analyze trends over time. The smart thermometers are designed by VivaLink, a Silicon Valley-based startup, and are a powerful example of the many digital products and services that are revolutionizing healthcare. After the Internet of Things, which transformed the way we live, travel, and work by connecting everyday objects to the Internet, it's now time for the Internet of Bodies. This means collecting our physical data via devices that can be implanted, swallowed, or simply worn, generating huge amounts of health-related information. Connecting our bodies, as futuristic as the Internet of Bodies may seem, many people are already connected to it through wearable devices. The smartwatch segment alone has grown into a $13 billion market by 2018 and is projected to increase another 32% to $18 billion by 2021, and it has already surpassed that by now. Smart toothbrushes and even hairbrushes can also let people track patterns in their personal care and behavior. Over and over again, we see how COVID helped prepare us to accept the climate crisis narrative and be amenable to tracking devices attached to our bodies. Isn't it amazing how perfectly timed disasters are these days? They are predicted, 
and then they happen. It used to be that natural disasters were unexpected. They were caused by nature, not by humans. So we were powerless to stand against them. Humans endured disease, famines and floods, earthquakes and fires, and then rebuilt with the irrepressible resolve of the human spirit. But now it seems that every major disaster is the fault of the common man, not the fault of nature, and can only be fixed by the elites. Indeed, along with natural disasters that have always been a part of everyday life, we are destroying the planet by our greed and obsession with immortality. But instead of addressing the root problems and fixing those, the elites are determined to continue raping the earth in their quest for ultimate power irrespective of the resulting carnage. Their way of dealing with it is to make it everyone else's fault with a promise to swoop in like superheroes and fix it all, as long as the masses submit to total control. Elites like Bill Gates with his pandemic and climate change predictions make me think of the biblical prophets I heard about in church as a child. Prophets of old came before the kings and warned them of terrible consequences if they didn't change their evil ways. Kings most often rejected such negative news, turning instead to court advisors who told them what they wanted to hear. God's prophets were often tortured and killed for daring to speak the unpopular truths. Prophets like Jeremiah, for example, who warned King Zedekiah that all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem would die by the sword, famine, and pestilence due to the Israelites' transgressions. The Old Testament says that Jeremiah's family turned against him and even plotted to kill him. Over the years, he was whipped and put in the stocks, attacked by a mob, threatened by the king, and ridiculed. Some of Zedekiah's princes had Jeremiah arrested, beaten, accused of treason, and thrown in jail, from whence he was then thrown in a deep, empty well. It's interesting that modern-day prophets like Bill Gates are not hated by kings, but are celebrated as heroes. This is because they deny God and the truth and set themselves up in God's place. Jeremiah's solution to the problem was repentance and submission to God. With Gates and other elites who vie for power as earthly gods, the solution is repentance and submission to them. In 2015, Bill Gates predicted that an epidemic would kill millions. His solution was to lock everyone in their homes and inject them with an experimental mRNA gene therapy. For this, he has been applauded. He wants to expand his control through the climate change crisis. Bill Gates has the audacity to appear humble when he says, I'm an imperfect messenger on climate change. I own big houses and fly in private jet, fly in private planes. So who am I to lecture anyone? Who indeed? Imagine if you were accused of having a carbon footprint too big for your boots and you came before the judge and said, I plead guilty. I do believe, though, that it is an informed opinion and I am always trying to learn more, which is what Gates has said. You get thrown in jail because the part you couldn't say was that you were a billionaire and could buy your way out of the problem. Gates justifies his lifestyle by buying offsets through a company that removes carbon dioxide from the air and a nonprofit that installs clean energy upgrades in affordable housing units in Chicago. If you have enough money, you can live as extravagantly as you want if you can create the problem and you can create the problems as long as you offset it by appearing to fix them. If you are poor or even middle class, you have to submit to Gates' solution of tracking and surveilling you so that he and others like him can take all that data to build their empires. Oh, and play God by genetically altering every living thing on the planet and dimming the sun. 
As I wrote about in, no, Bill Gates didn't fund genetically altered mosquitoes to stop malaria. It's far worse than that. Climate change is just the next justification to put the blame for all the world's problems on the common people, imposing more restrictions upon them, while the elites continue continue to do exactly what they want, thereby causing more destruction, which they can then again blame on the common people, and on and on it goes, until everything falls apart and we are set back to pre-industrial times, or we blow ourselves up and kill off humanity entirely. We need some real profits these days, but if they are out there, they don't stand a chance. They will never be brought before our governmental officials since they have all been bought off by false prophets like Bill Gates. Always remember that our governments are more shackled than even than we are. They are not the ones making the rules. They are servants and are answerable to their masters, just as they want us to become answerable to them. Jeremiah called out against the stubbornness of the evil heart. He warned of the real disasters that would befall those who worshipped pagan gods instead of Yahweh, the real God, and he often contrasted nature's obedience to law with man's disobedience to God, not the fake disasters of false prophets like Bill Gates. Jeremiah's solution wasn't more surveillance, more money for drugs, or genetically altering living beings. It was recognizing the wrong that had been done and repenting for it. Turn away from false gods and idols, he cried. The elites who would be earthly gods speak to us through the devices that increasingly we cannot live without. If it is a choice between giving up our technological devices or becoming one with them, people will choose the latter. In fact, they will have no choice, really, if they want to survive in this brave new world. It's easy to say, I will never do that. We don't really know what we will do until that moment comes, and we are faced with the possibility of sacrificing everything for our freedom, especially when that freedom is so different from what we have been told is freedom, that being monitored and surveyed constantly by the vast machine will make us safer and healthier, meaning freer. Real freedom can mean imprisonment and death. It also means no one owns you. And that concludes this essay. Thank you so much for listening, for reading. Please comment, please subscribe, please share, and God bless.